You down with 7T? Yeah, you know we. That's right, friends. One of the few 7T MRIs in this part of these United States is right down the road at the Auburn University MRI Research Center, a state-of-the-art facility that's scanning brains and earning fame. Today we sat down with the center's director, Tom Denny. And friends, let me tell you, we had a good time. What can I say? The guy's got a magnetic personality. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hello, friends. Welcome once again to an episode, the latest episode of Hashtag Getting, the greatest podcast in all of higher education, hands down, hands down, bar none. It's a fact. I am Jeremy Henderson, a communication specialist in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing, joined as always by my co-host, Austin Phillips, director, official, still, still holding the position still of director. Still standing, still strong. Still, after a month <laughs> or so. And uh, today... We are joined by the, let me see if I can get this, Bruce Donilon, family, endowed professor of electrical and computer engineering, and and the Auburn University MRI Research Center director, mm-hmm. Tom Denny. How about That's that? It. That was it. That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was, that was a awesome. Per, a perfect that was awesome. 10. Thank, yeah. hey, thank you. For everybody listening, first take. Exactly. That's incredible. They don't know the difference. Take. I'm impressed. <laughs> Tom, before we get going here. MRIs, mm-hmm. magnetic resonance imaging. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you knew that. I did a big project <laughs> on MRIs in sixth grade. Yeah. Still stuck with me. Uh, if we were to put an Alabama fan into uh-huh. the big machine over right. there, mm-hmm. what would their brain look like right now? Would it look differently than I, it? I'm just going to say that's an unfair question. It's <laughs> great. It's hilarious. Just give me a second to think about it. That's an unfair question. I know we've done some work uh, mm-hmm. a, around some mental illness some things that right. schizophrenia i know we had yeah. one uh, mm-hmm. um, article in a magazine about that yeah. so maybe some hurt feelings right now maybe we could pick up well like i know that. there have been studies about like dep- like depression there was a study like 20 or 30 years in 1990 mm-hmm. actually yeah uh your your year here that was the first year i had experienced really an iron bowl loss uh, myself uh, in, in person well, was, didn't was care tough. for that and uh, there had been a study done with uh, it interviewed uh, Auburn students and Alabama students before mm-hmm. and after about their opinions on oh, wow. like uh, nuclear holocaust, the end of the world kind of mm-hmm. things. And then like after the loss, uh, mm-hmm. Auburn fans. So you would think it would affect a brain. That's not why we're here. Tom, uh, the research center over there is doing some amazing work these days. There's a story uh, about the breakthroughs, mm-hmm. I guess, in treatment uh, for Tay-Sachs disease which is a, a rare thing that I didn't know about until I wrote something on it a few mm-hmm. weeks back and uh, talked with you and was just amazed with some of the stuff that's going on over there. So tell us a little bit about this. What is a, what is a day like for you over okay. there at the Auburn University MRI Research Center? All right. Well, first of all, thank you all for having me here today. And I'm very honored to be the person interviewed right after the Iron Bowl mm-hmm. win. That was, I was there. It was a great game. Jubilation. At oh. War Eagle. And War then, Eagle. And I really like the idea of the Auburn versus Alabama fan study. I think we should definitely pursue that. We just got to get somebody to fund it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're down $250,000 yeah, for that right field, that, baby. Russian, so that's right. going to have to start a GoFundMe. Well, that's a great idea. Well, anyway, so um, 
Oh gosh. So what's the what's the tip? You know, the thing about the MRI center, and one of the things I really love about my job is there's no typical day for me. I mean, every day is different. I mean, there's always we do so we're involved in so many different things uh, at the MRI center. I mean, one day we may be imaging brains, the other day we may be imaging hearts, we may be imaging knees or livers or something like that. So it's it's really it's really different. It's really every every day is a, a different different situation. This center has been such a addition and has brought so much for the College of Engineering, but not just the college, the university as a whole. As Jeremy mentioned, the mm-hmm. TASACs, uh, some of those studies. I mean, that that's veterinary medicine. Mm-hmm. So just talk about how this center is is such a commodity for auburn university as a whole okay in, yeah in it, collaboration and everything that's one thing we've, we've worked on from the, you know, from the from day one with the centers we wanted to be a collaborative center we wanted to work with everybody because that's you know uh, biomedical research in general and mri research in particular is very collaborative you gotta you don't do anything by yourself everything you do is with somebody else it takes a team of people to address the problems that we're addressing and so we've really worked hard at, at building collaborations here on campus as well as outside the campus as well. But on campus, we've talked to every every department, every college on campus, and we've got uh, some relationship with every college on campus. I mean, some of them are more active than others, of course. Uh, veterinary medicine is probably, is one of the, the top ones, as well as uh, Department of Psychology. We work really closely with them and the uh, College of Pharmacy. So those are probably the, the three biggest outside of engineering, of course. That's awesome. We we hear a lot about the 7T. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Dr. Taylor, one of our um, associate deans, you know, mentions only 7T from Virginia to Texas. That's right. So what is the 7T and why is that such a huge asset for Auburn University and for the MRI Center? It just puts us on the map in the MRI world. I mean, there's only a few of these, relatively few of these things around. They, we started out, there was maybe 20 in the U.S., 50 in the world. That's gone up, of course, because they've been, a lot of them have been installed since then. But, uh, you know, there's very few of these machines. And, it, and what are we talking about when we're talking about a 7T? 7 Tesla. So 7 Tesla refers to the strength of magnetic field that the scanner generates. And to give you an idea, uh, one Tesla, most most hospitals have 1.5 Tesla MRI scanners. And one Tesla is what they use in junkyards to pick up cars. So that's a very strong magnet. Um, so we, uh, so most hospitals have 1.5s or three Teslas. Some hospitals have three Teslas. We have a three Tesla as well. Um, but the next step up is seven Tesla. And so that's what, what we have. And what you get when you go up in field strength is you get sharper and sharper images. So it's like 1.5, say that's like your old cathode ray tube type TV resolution. And if you go up to three Tesla, you know, you're at, you know, HD TV. And if you go to seven Tesla at 4K TV, so you can see a lot sharper details. We can see things at MR at seven Tesla that you can't see at three Tesla. Us having one of the only ones in this geographic mm-hmm. region, how's that an advantage for us? So, uh, well, because there's a lot of people that, that have projects that can only be done on seven Tesla. Like we, we have okay. a project right now with, um, uh, Dr. Larry Verhuff at UAB. He's an ep, uh, uh, not ep, he's a uh, epileptologist, excuse me, uh, which is a subfield of, of neurology. And he works with people who have epilepsy. And uh, there's a particular scan that he wants to look at uh, glutamate maps of glutamate in the in the brain, and you can only do that at seven Tesla. Awesome, so that's that, really awesome. And we have an NIH grant that that looks into that. 
So when you heard we were getting mm-hmm. like a seven a seven Tesla that the university was going to be making the college was going to be making mm-hmm. this investment into this, I mean, what was your what was your reaction? Because uh, I mean, you you'd been yeah. working what with a three Tesla, a three T at that point. Well, actually, up until we we until the MRI center opened, uh, I just worked with other people's MRI images. I would get okay. the images would be acquired at some other institution, shipped down to my lab. We'd do the post processing. So how, how do you find out? Did you get an email? Did you get a call? <laughs> hey, Tom. Yeah, it was, it was a look it was, outside. Publishers Clearinghouse shows up with some balloons. <laughs> yeah, it was almost that spectacular. You know, it, it was it was a long process. And we, we'd been working on this for a long time. And then it finally just sort of gained some momentum right at the end and happened. And it was – so it wasn't a big super What about surprise. the day it arrived? I've seen some weird picture. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was, I tell you, that thing weighs, what, 85,000 pounds <laughs> oh, or something? No, no, yeah, it's crazy. And those, that comes on a big truck, and those riggers, I mean, they make it look easy. I mean, they put it on some big roller skates and just slide it in where you want it, and there it is. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> you ever been inside it? Oh, I've I've got the the most scanned brain in Auburn. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? There, there's no corner of my brain n- somebody hasn't looked at. <laughs> so what do you got to do? We can figure out a lot about Tom. That's huh? right. Yeah, you have to put your keys down or something. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. 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 Don't want to bring any metal in the MRI scanner. At least any ferrous metal. What would happen? It would just swing, go in the middle of the magnet. Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of protection or something, when you're in there, like if I put a bag of popcorn, like outside or something to me, what would happen? Nothing would happen to the popcorn. You sure? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you tried? <laughs> it's a magnet, not a microwave. <laughs> you never know. That's right. You could suck some metal up so, in Tom, there. You, you were an Auburn grad, mm-hmm. 85, 90, uh, electrical engineering. What brought you to Auburn University? Well, um, I... I from here, and I got I graduated. I got my PhD at Johns Hopkins in medical imaging, MRI, post processing. And Auburn had a, a job opening, and I've just always wanted to come back to Auburn. And it was in my department in my area. I was able to start uh, a, a research program in MRI where there wasn't one, and that was just a great. Uh, I just thought that was a great opportunity for me. I it's a magnetic it place. It is very magnetic. Well, what, <laughs> even what, more magnetic now. What, <laughs> what in particular um, made you want to study? electrical engineering when you were a student that's an interesting that's a good question i actually started off really being interested in stereos this is back in the 70s and that was sort of into you know that type of thing and then kind of wanted to go into audio but uh i got to uh auburn and got interested in computers i actually worked with i with uh ibm as a co-op student that was a great experience for me worked for ibm did logic design got a job for them as an engineer for a while um worked as an engineer for about maybe nine months uh then I went into sales. I was a salesman for IBM for three years, which is an interesting experience. Um, and I decided, well, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. So I came back to Auburn, got my master's in control theories. I actually looked at tethered satellites and stuff like that, you know, NASA type stuff. And then I went from there to, to Hopkins, and that's where I got into medical imaging. Awesome. Uh, how many Teslas is uh, – <laughs> this is a question from our uh, – Marcus Klutz, our sound engineer over here, whom I forgot to uh, introduce. Uh, he wants to know how many Teslas is a Magneto it's a mag- from, from the movie. Magneto? Magneto? Magneto. Oh, he's got to be at least 40, 50 Teslas. But it's only for, for, for just a short period of time. <laughs> 40, oh, yeah, yeah. Easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I would estimate. Absolutely. 
in some of the research uh, that's been done recently, uh, obviously, we, you know, we talked about the Tay-Sachs thing, the collaboration with the mm-hmm. the vet school, which uh, is just can you can you talk a little bit about that specifically sure. that project? That it's was gotten a, so much. That was a great. Yeah, that, that's, that's a that's a, that's a project that we've worked on for a long time. It was one of the first projects actually that that we uh, started working on at the center after it opened up when we got the seven Tesla installed. Um, yeah, Doug Martin is the is the is the PI over at the at the vet school and the Scott Ritchie Research Center that we work with mainly. Um, so Tay-Sachs is a, a, a disease that you're born with. You're born with Tay-Sachs disease, and it's uh, and people, kids usually show symptoms of Tay-Sachs disease by like two years of age, and it's fatal by five. It's so it's, mm-hmm. it's devastating uh, to parents and obviously the kids too. Um, and the thing about Tay-Sachs disease, it's a rare disease. I mean, diseases like cancer get a lot of attention because there's a lot of people have cancer. A lot of people have you know heart disease, but uh, Tay-Sachs is, is really is a rare disease, so you don't get a whole lot of you know attention from the research community. But uh, Doug Martin and his group they developed a therapy for it, and uh, they needed to test it out and show that it worked before it could be used in clinical you know human trials. And so that's what we because it also presents in cats, right? Like so, almost identically. Yeah, they, there's a there's a there's a cats get a, a form of Tay-Sachs disease, and also sheep. Huh. So right. they've got a, a colony of sheep. Really, at least they did it uh, a while ago. They had a colony of sheep that had Tay-Sachs disease and a, co- a, a colony of cats that had something similar. So how it. do you keep the cat in the MRI over there? Oh, uh, you anesthetize them. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. I didn't yeah. even think of that. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like friskies. Or, yeah. Well, you just tell, you just tell, them to get the, just tell them to get in the scanner. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. we actually, we, but we know, we actually did a study. Um, we did a wake dog fMRI. We did FM. Yeah. We were one of the first people in the world to do uh, awake dog fMRI, and uh, those those dogs were awake. I mean, usually if you get, if you have a dog and the dog needs a an MRI, you anesthetize them for a clinical scan. But for this study, they need they were we wanted to study how they how their brains worked while they sniffed odors, mm. and so they had to be awake for that. And uh, so we work with the vet school. They have a the canine performance services group right. over there. Right. They're the biggest. Um, uh, dog training program outside the federal government. Really nice group over there. Really, really uh, have a great reputation. So they, they tra- we work with them. They train the dogs to get in the MRI scanner, stick their head in, and hold it still during a scan. I've, I've got a video that's, that's really nice. And you can't see it on, on a podcast, obviously. But it's, it, uh, you know, the dogs got up. They just stuck their head in the head coil and hold it still. They hit, at first, they uh, held it still for about three and a half minutes. And we were ecstatic. We just thought that was great. We could do that several times and kind of piece it together and be able to do an fMRI study. But towards the end of the project, and we started off with some internal funding from Auburn and, um, then we got some DARPA. Then DARPA funded us for like three years with so phase one and a phase two. Um, and towards the end of that DARPA project, they were holding their head still for like you know, 10 minutes. That's amazing. Those dogs are so unbelievable. But, yeah. And this is just speaks to um, the quality of the way, way things we're doing here, mm-hmm. doing things around here in terms of we talk about changing the world and saving mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is the most tangible way of yeah. the, some of this research that we're doing. Just, mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it really is brain plasticity. Mm-hmm. Done some, I guess, work. What's going on there? Brain plasticity. Okay, gosh, yes. Yeah. So that's that's how your brain changes in response to its environment. Um, let's see. Gosh, what are we? So that's when we that area. That, that's what we. That's work that we do with the Department of Psychology. We've got several uh, 
grant or several projects we've worked on uh, with them. One was involving uh, soldiers from Fort Benning. Hmm. Uh, this was, one, I think, it's probably the first big project we brought into our center. It's actually done on our three Tesla. And we recruited like 160 soldiers from Fort Benning who had been deployed. All of them had been deployed. And um, we had two groups. One had post-concussion syndrome, which is, you know, the, what you get after you get concussions. And then the other group had PTSD. And then each group had a uh, control group. So somebody had been deployed but didn't have any, either one of those two. So we brought them in and scanned. That was a lot. That was a big project. That's scanning, recruiting and scanning 100 people. Any of any groups difficult, right? But these were soldiers, and so um, you know, a lot of them had you know uh, injuries that we had to deal with, and and and, be, and of course, the ones that had PTSD, they they couldn't. It was they behaved differently than the ones that the the were the, 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 and that shows group. up on that, yeah. in the in the scan, right? right? And you so can sit there and tell, and so we were able to show. We did fMRI uh, on the, on the, both those groups, and we were able to. Uh, Make some insights uh, into the underpinnings of PTSD and what's you know exactly what happens in the brain when somebody has PTSD. Well, as as Jeremy mentioned uh, earlier, you're the uh, Mr. Miss Bruce Donnellan mm-hmm. and family endowed professor right. uh, in ECE, and you also held the Ed and Peggy Reynolds family mm-hmm. endowed professorship. Talk about what it means to you to know that we have alumni like the Reynolds, like the Donnellans, who. Are, are so dedicated and committed to this college to give back to support faculty members like yourself. Well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, I, I've, I've, I'm honored to, to have had both those posi- uh, the professorships, and you know, it just is a faculty member. You just work really hard. I mean, I on a lot of different things, you know, and it's nice to have somebody say, "Yeah, I, I think that's a great deal," and here's some money to to give you a name next to your title and you know salary supplement and that's that's a big deal to, to us as faculty members it's, it's yeah i really can't overstate it and two phenomenal families uh oh the yeah late are. late ed reynolds i great mean guy. he was a pioneer in the wireless industry yeah, he's a great guy. um and, and then bruce you know and, mm-hmm. and the donlin family foundation board you know just involved right. they're on our council uh so it's just really inspiring to see folks like that that are supporting oh, no, the unbelievable. Be, I, you know, auburn's very fortunate to have alumni like that Absolutely. Amen. You got a nickname for the 17 over there? <laughs> nickname. Like I, think it's, I think it's 17. Big John. Or, <laughs> you know, that's a great – yeah, you mentioned that to me before. I, I, I said we need to get – would have thought one Yeah, right now. I, I, I should have. I dropped the ball on that. I was about one. to say, if, if you need somebody to help with you, I'm sure this guy right here, yeah, he, you know, he, can, he can come up – he'll have some Auburn – MRI, MRI, Tesla even. pun before yeah. the end of this. We Mr. Have, I. Yeah, we, we do have a little Auburn paw over the over the oh, there uh, we go. seven Tesla. So uh, are, are they eyeing a uh, a more power? What's the next you know step? Yeah. Are we yeah. seven so, uh, yeah, ten T? What are we yeah, talking? Yeah, they actually the next step up is the nine point four. Uh, any T. of those floating around? Yeah, there was, there's one in Minneapolis. University oh, okay. of Minnesota's got one. I think there's one in uh, University of Illinois Chicago. All right, we'll get on um, that for you. Yeah, so those are, you know, as you go up in field strength, you know, they they even get even the, the pictures get even sharper. But there's some things that kind of kick in at higher field strengths that are, are bad. I mean, not bad for you, but just make it difficult to get good images. And so you have to. It's a little bit more difficult at those really high fields. At the center, how many MRIs do we currently have? We have two. We have a seven Tesla and, and a three Tesla. And this is going to sound dumb, and I should have I should remember this from the sixth grade project. But what is actually going on with i mean how does an mri actually work, work okay in terms of like yeah tell us tell us about that yeah sure so basically uh mri images the nuclei of hydrogen atoms in water molecules in the body okay so these 
nuke these you know, hydrogen. If you remember from chemistry, just one proton in the center, right? You lost in, me. In the nucleus. Okay, so it, <laughs> it looks like a, it looks like a little bar magnet. This, this behaves like a little bar magnet. And your body is what seventy percent water. So uh, right now, our bodies are full of these little bar magnets, but they're randomly oriented, so all their magnetic fields cancel. But when you put somebody in the MRI scanner and in the, in the presence of this really strong magnetic field, they all line up. Hmm. And then it turns out if you broadcast RF signal, just like radio frequency signals, to the uh, whatever's in the scanner, those bar magnets flip up and start to spin. Now you've got a spinning magnet, and that's just like the alternator in your car. It generates a signal, and that's the MR signal that we use to form an image. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Is that And so that doesn't do anything to you? If all of a sudden your magnets start spinning no, inside your body? No, not that anybody's been able to, to observe over you know, millions of MRI scans over the past 30 years. You ever had an MRI, Jeremy? Never. It. I had one. I had a back injury uh, 12 years ago, and you know I'd taken some X-rays, and they thought maybe there's a disc here, whatever. And when we get when we did that MRI, you know you're able to see, figure out exactly what it is. Amazing, yeah, really it's, amazing. It's cool. I mean, you still have to. I mean, it's a, the the tube and everything. Well, my, I actually there. did one. I, I was kind of claustrophobic. And mm-hmm. so I actually did one of the open, open ones. Yeah, it's like a uh, sandwich, so, like, like yeah, two pancakes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they say it's open. Now, don't get me wrong. That thing is still right up it's against right your, your face. face. Yeah. But it's just open to the sides and out your feet and, mm-hmm. and in your head. So it doesn't feel as enclosed in a tube that you would. In, so you in don't feel of, anything. Don't feel, but you just hear the. You just hear this loud. Deep, 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 and you just hear these noises being made as, yep. and they turned the radio on. I think whenever mm-hmm. I was there, so you could listen to the radio. You but didn't feel different. No, I just kind of closed. Just kind of, you know, I, I did have uh, spider webs shooting out of my wrist <laughs> afterwards, but no, no, nothing big. It was, it was temporary. It, it was, was temporary. temporary. Yeah. 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 Can anybody? Can we just book this thing like fifty bucks an hour or something? <laughs> like, like, let, please, let's put Jerry. I, I mean, there. I'll go in there. I won't get scanned. Yeah, six. Well, it's actually six hundred dollars an hour. Six hundred bucks an hour. Can anybody do it? I mean, if you know, if you've laid down the cash, the Blue Cross Blue Shield approves. Approves. Yeah. It. <laughs> That's the way we, we can't do clinical scans. So, if you, so if you need a like, if you have a back problem, you can go to our three Tesla because we we rent out the three Tesla to the hospitals. So they right, run an imaging right. clinic, so you could go there and they would put you in. They would scan you. We um, we only do research scans. So we but we do uh, scan volunteers. So we're always looking for volunteers. If you want to get scanned, actually, would you not have to pay for it? We'd actually pay you twenty bucks. Really? Yeah. For how long? <laughs> Jeremy's like, well, I get yeah, 10 of these? yeah. This is this is great because you know we're always de- we're engineers. Right? We're always developing new sequences, new ways to image the brain, and uh, you know, we, at some point you got to put a person in there. And uh, so we're always looking for volunteers. And yeah, if you go in, it's twenty bucks. It takes you your twenty. It's two hours of mm-hmm. your time. You're in the scanner for about an hour to an hour and a half which is a long time, but we are very good at making you comfortable while you're in the scanner. You can what watch that a, for some scanners. You can watch for some scans. You can watch a movie. So we have a facility. You can actually watch a movie while you're in the scanner. You can listen to music. Uh, the, what kind of movies are we talking? Uh, we've got a, a, a very nice video library that you can really? select the title from. What's or you the most can, popular? Um, it's catch me if you can oddly enough and don't don't ask or batman begins that's also very popular but but uh we, we can also anything on netflix you can watch hey we, you know we we, oh, we, right. we we'll blog on netflix anything's on netflix Andy you don't show in an mri why not <laughs> and of course yeah. it is christmas season and jeremy has three kids so yeah he may be showing up here like <laughs> every day leading up to christmas <laughs> scan it that's right yeah okay well, here we go lunch, lunch, lunch like break. norm on cheers <laughs> Jer. 
Twenty dollars cash money. This go. brain, I yeah. don't know if he could. I mean, you need a bigger machine. <laughs> you need that ten T for this bad boy. Trust me, Tom. I can't thank you enough for uh, being with us. This is awesome. I was fascinated when I talked to you a few weeks back, and uh, an incredible work y'all are doing out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, reading reading some of the stuff, especially with the Tay Sachs thing. I mean, it's just amazing what what's been done. And and like Austin said, saving lives. It. it I, I feel I'm proud to be associated. Like right. like Coach Dice said back in when your days were here. <laughs> When you were here, you know, proud to be associated with you. That's so right. Well, thanks you. for everything you've done. Thank and you all very much. Thanks, War Eagle. War Eagle. Eagle.